Welcome to the roundtable. I am Jennifer Eller, and with me today is my co-host, Mike Hill, and our producer, Nick Wilson. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Starting to give him a little bit of credit because he was just in the background, and it takes him to put this together. And we'll have a camera at some point. We we would be be pointing towards him. (laughs) That way, that people can be seeing him, so we can ask him questions. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. maybe. So, and then our guests today are Jordan and Matt Balmer. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, so Matt was a little scared on what was the first question I was going to ask. So, so so are you going to throw him off? I don't know, but. You know, what? what is the stupidest thing you've ever done in life? What should oh you God. maybe went to jail for? <laughs> you know, that's ironic because I was kind of prepared for this. You were prepared for the yes. stupidest thing But if my friend done. Adam Reese hears this, it's going to go you off the You didn't have to say his name. Well, oh, that's yeah, all right. So uh, we used to, like, make pipe bombs at his house and put BBs in them and go to um, public properties and set them off. That is awesome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you put them in mailboxes, then the federal oh, government no, is no, going to no. be showing no, up. No, but it was still uh, federal properties, but it's okay. It's yeah. good. The yeah. statute of limitations has expired, it's right? So we're, we're good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been like Caleb Hopper, you know, the one time he did so oh, much yeah. tannerite that right. it blew out the lights in their house. Oh, my and God. People were calling the sheriff because mm-hmm. of, like, they thought something blew up. Oh, yeah. my oh, gosh. Yeah. Caleb, yeah. the hop, yeah, back in the day, they oh, had. Wow. So we'd blow up watermelons and pumpkins and stuff. Yeah. Right in the little town of Arcola. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's a great idea to do pipe bombs. Yeah. I mean, they could kill people. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> the shrapnel, the BBs. Yeah. The BBs. Yeah. I'm like, pretty sure I still have one. So, did you do, so are you the guy that, like, went on the internet and tried to figure out how to build one? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. We knew. Oh, you, you already have <laughs> you, you just glue you just, one in and yeah, pour in and glue the other in and drill yes. a hole. And yeah, call you don't it. have to be trained to be a terrorist. <laughs> you just grow up that way. <laughs> yeah. so, That's good. So who's your role model then? Who who taught you to be I, this rebel? I, I don't, I you were his a name. rebel? Well, it sounds yeah, like it. Yeah, I mentioned his name. So, oh, okay, yeah. your friend? Yeah. Okay. okay. Wasn't any family? It was just your friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he was a he bomb was, acquaintance. I guess. Right? Like, he doesn't have <laughs> to be a friend. Also, the youth minister the okay. <laughs> church. So, I mean, it was great. It was a great time. But your great. bigger role model was your grandpa. Yeah, for sure. And he's yeah, actually yeah. been gone two years now. Today. Aww. Today. Aww. Today. Aww. So, mm-hmm. yep. so, yeah. Okay. You open up Facebook and you get that memory that pops up um, from two mm-hmm. years ago, and you go, mm, "I Aww. thought I was doing all right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good." Yeah, who you good. are. Okay, Jordan. So, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? I guess I can't. I got to. She's gonna too. be nothing. I I didn't do anything wrong. Um, I. <laughs> did, your, did your mom and dad know? <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> okay. She kissed um, a boy in high school. <laughs> yeah, I did not do a lot of bad things growing up because. I was very in the lines, and um, I would have a meltdown if I went out of the lines. The worst. Oh wow! Yes, uh, it just I, the way I operated was I had to follow the rules, or I was going to go to hell, which mm. is the most ridiculous thing ever. But that's just right. how I operated growing mm. up. Um, the worst thing that I did was I was hanging out with friends and. Um, was going to spend the night at their house. And we went and started window chalking cars. It was like Halloween. And it was like 
that's literally the craziest thing I've ever done, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cops picked us up. Because no. they uh, for, cho- for window charging yeah, cars? Yeah, because somebody caught us thinking we were trying to steal cars. Oh. And so I didn't sleep the entire night. I was just like, I got to tell my parents they're going to. Were you in jail? No, they just oh. took me back to the person's house oh, okay. that I was staying at. And my parents were like, they laughed at me. Yeah. <laughs> so are you still a rule follower? Um, y- yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. 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 I would say so. I, um, I've grown a lot since then, but like, I just, I. Yeah. Nothing that there's wrong with it. I'm just curious if that's a, like, if you're, you're not naturally rebellious. I'm not at okay. all. Except <laughs> if you go on her Instagram, where oh, she's gosh. rebelling against all crazy, <laughs> stupid people and the government. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> so you're a rebel in a different way. Very much so. Yeah, perfect. And you should go on her Instagram. We might even have a link to it at the end of it so everybody can go see. Oh my That'd gosh. be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's what Let's I'm do doing. It. Yeah, Let's like, do it. Or just tell everybody. Um, what it yeah, is. my name. If, if yes, you put it out there. Yes, because she's already got forty-two thousand followers. You might as well make it eighty-two thousand. Might as well do it. If you want to follow me, there's no pressure to this. Um, my name is actually Truth Seeker Farmer's Wife, fifteen. Really? Yeah. And you're putting stuff on all the time. Like mm-hmm. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta go on there and see this. Yep. Okay. Truth Seeker Farmer's Wife, fifteen. Oh, 15. 15. Sorry. So there's okay. 14 more of you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I just, What's the significance about the 15? Yeah. That was the year we got married. Got it. 2015. Oh. Got it. That's, normally it's 24 or something. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So as a family, you have two young kids, Keegan and Macklin. Macklin. Yes. So what do you like to do as a family? Oh, I know they're little, so it's probably hard. Yeah, well, how's little, little? They're four and two. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've done Monster Jam at Lucas Oil before. Did we did that last that year. Oh, I knew they yep. had it this weekend. Last year, yeah. Yep. It's and this weekend? Last weekend they oh, had it. It was this past weekend. Okay. Yeah, but we went a year ago. Okay. So, um, we go to like tractor pulls and demolition. Cracker pulls? What's tractor that? pulls. Oh, tractor pulls. Tractor pulls. <laughs> Sorry. What did you say? <laughs> Cracker. Cracker pulls? <laughs> Cracker pulls. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I stuttered too. I don't know. <laughs> Tractor hey, pulls. Hey. I'm a little off today, so it's all, right. it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you pull a tractor? No, we don't. No, no. We what? Just, we just go watch them. You guys are farmers, don't you? Have that one tractor sitting around where you can get into the? Aren't you a farmer? Like, nope. it costs money. No, like, I am an animal farmer. Uh, so that is I, we own very little equipment, and if yeah. it is, it's all old and junky. Right. So right. it barely can run. No, we don't have a pull tractor that'd okay. be cool but i don't yeah, know i just knowledge. didn't know if like on those like di- like the row and tractor pull where it's they have you just essentially get out your stock tractor oh no i'm talking like mtpa oh you're big. going to the big yeah, stuff the big girls yeah. yeah yeah okay why are they girls i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i said i mean just before. the way you <laughs> yeah, said it I you know, know like big they the big girls out I mean, there yeah okay yeah. and uh, just i mean we just drive in the tractor. That's our that's our hobby, you know, yeah. farming. Keegan's already driving the big four wheel drive tractor. Yeah, you know, he told me the other day he's I'm going to drive the combine and you sit in the buddy seat. And I'm Aww. like, I don't know if I like that idea. <laughs> but so, like, was that your dream to grow up and be a farmer? Or, yeah, or, okay. yeah, 
Yeah. So, so did you seek out like on farmers only a farmers <laughs> no, girl so, so you could get that? So or? I guess you'll get a two for one here. But <laughs> in high school, I I think I was a sophomore, and her older sister Kayla um, said, "Hey, you know, Dad could probably use some help on the farm if you're interested in helping." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, sure." Because you were probably. dating her older sister? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. We were just friends. <laughs> we were just friends. Okay. And. Uh, so I'm like, well, I mean, you know, Grandpa was still farming, yeah. so I, I didn't know how that looked for sure. Um, but I went and talked to Kyle, and he's like, yeah, start tomorrow. We're going to go over here to this field. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So, I mean, but he had knew Grandpa and knew yeah. that I'd help farm and whatever. And I don't know. How long was it? She said from day one, you know, when she saw me on the farm, like, I got to have like, it. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> got to have it. Got to have it. <laughs> got to have it. But, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of how we met, I mean, essentially. Yeah, yeah. we actually dated in 2010 um, for a couple months, and we broke up, and we Ooh. actually didn't talk to each other for probably two and a half years. Why you were working for him? Yeah, he yeah. worked there the whole time, and I didn't it talk to him. Kyle's pretty awesome, to be honest with you. No, I know, but you just broke mm -hmm. up with his I daughter. I understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you go to Kyle and say, get rid of that little sucker? Uh, we had, we had a little conversation, but she was not thrilled. I was not thrilled about it, but it was fine. Um, I just kept, we both had to grow up a little bit, you know, and it, um, my parents went on a missions trip in what year was it? 2011 or 2012? I, I think it was know. 2012. So yeah. my parents went on a missions trip and I had to contact him because he was the person plowing the snow in our driveway and I had to go to work. And I was like, I have to get a hold of them so I can go to work. And so just like we started becoming best friends and like it was very natural. It wasn't like we just became really good friends. And then it was like, hey, let's date again. <laughs> and we dated for three years. And um, yeah, so then we got married. Yeah, so let's talk about just for a second. So the... So for the younger generation that, that's going to be watching, what did you learn from your first dating experience that you changed in your second dating experience? So for people that are out there dating, like what was the stuff that's like, this is just a deal breaker and it's not going to work, and what did you change that you could come back together? Because it is somewhat odd that someone dates and breaks up for that long and then get back together and get married. So what was it that needed to be fixed, or what is it that you changed, or what do you think changed in you individually? I'd say I was just immature still, okay. like just needed to grow up in general. And like, yeah, of course there's all kinds of other things that we could get into there. Because how old were you yeah. the first time you started dating? You probably were like 15, 16. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You were how old? 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah, I was a junior, junior, senior in you were a senior. high school. Yeah. So, well, yeah. 17, 18, so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I would just say it was probably like, too early or maybe we didn't even know what we wanted hmm. from one another maybe okay. you know um yeah i'd so. say about mm -hmm. the same like it just uh a lot of growing up just in general and i was the first boy she ever dated okay yep. so then did you date after mm -hmm. him a little bit but not a ton no like yeah. it was very short and not significant at all and for you he was actually engaged to another girl. Wow. Yeah. 
That kind of went off the rails. It's probably, <laughs> probably for the best. I mean, let's be honest. Probably for the best. But yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just, again, for people who are dating, you know, when you finally got to that place, what were you looking for in each other that would be like, yeah, we're getting married because they fulfilled this? I feel like the biggest thing was just becoming best friends. Okay. Like, completely changed everything. It was just, we were... It wasn't even that we were wanting to, like, it wasn't even that I was contacting him to be like, let's date again. It was like, hey, I need to contact you. And then we just started just becoming really good friends. And yeah. so when you find somebody that you're best friends with, it just merges so much better. And for me, it was like somebody that understands my career. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what I mean, understands like farming. Like, yeah, like, yeah, in spring and fall, you're going to work. Yeah. 15, 16, 17 hours, you're, you're not going to be around a lot. But come, right. you know, midsummer or winter, right? you're going to be home a lot. Hmm. And so a lot of other ladies didn't understand that. Right. Like they had no idea. Right. And so, I mean, she was a farmer's daughter, so she... Mm -hmm. She got she, it. Yeah, she yeah. got it. So when your kids are going, growing up, so dating experience from what you experienced to what you're going to train your kids to do because the whole idea of you know it's outdated but the whole courting right is the ideas that your friends mm -hmm. before you're you know you get together but that tends to be we're in more of the try be, try before you buy right yeah. you know yeah. and not really mm -hmm. like get get to be friends so I mean will you encourage your kids as they get older or we even people that you're talking to that are maybe still not married, would you encourage that for them is to be friends before you start dating? Oh, hundred percent. Same. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Okay. Sorry. I'm just curious. No, I, no. Those things are interesting to me because I think the whole dating process now is so set up for failure Yeah, right? for sure. in I, I so agree. many different ways. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it causes so much damage, mm -hmm. you know, even because I think a lot of people just think, Oh, you just, you know, it's not a big deal, but I think that it can cause a lot more harm than good sometimes mm -hmm. to date around, try a bunch of different things, you know, a diff bunch of different people get, you know, right. find the right one. Because I don't even know if I believe that. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that, that there's just one out there? Um, I... <laughs> Eric will kill me. I don't. I, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying because, like, I, I mean, some people no, are paralyzed do I think by that. that no, idea. I, I don't. I think. Um, I mean, I can't say there's a bunch of people out there, but I think you know, you see it time and time again. You know, people lose somebody or something happens, and they do find another mate that is perfect for for them. So, yeah, I think there can be multiple people. I mean, the world's huge. So, Nick. Is there just is there just one special one out there, or is it like, hey, find one that you can figure out life with? No, I think it's one you choose. I think there's more than one. I think it's just who you choose to spend your days with. Yeah, because I think the problem even in marriage today is is that the idea is is that you can even find the one, but if you don't work on it for the rest mm -hmm. of your uh -huh. relationship mm -hmm. yeah they ain't the one at some point mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that that idea that if you just get married and it's just all going to be okay if you don't work all the way from the time you start to the time you mm -hmm. end i mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean at some point the one that was the one and so good at some point isn't so mm -hmm. good yeah mm -hmm. yeah sorry that's a whole nother subject but no you're yeah. good you're fine <laughs> you talk about that so 
I guess childhood memory. What's your favorite thing growing up as a child? Uh, yeah, I guess it would just be um, farming with my dad. Like I wasn't farming, but just like being with him and I would ride around in the truck with him and mm. um, just uh, like, or just like riding in the combine. I would always fall asleep on the floor, like Aww. in the tr in the truck um, <laughs> when they would take grain to the elevator. I would always end up curling up on the floor and falling asleep, but it was just like mm. a safe place for me to mm. hang out with him and his farmer hand at the time when I was growing up. So um, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm gonna have to say farming, or my dad was an over the road truck driver. So oh, during really? the summers, like we would go, you know, all over the place, like sleep so. in the sleeper oh, yeah. part too. Yeah, like wow. be gone for like week at a time, kind of thing. Huh. Yeah. Did he have a normal run? Like, um, at that time, no. <clears throat> okay, no, it was just kind of wherever, and yeah. like we didn't even know like tomorrow where we were going. Mm. kind of thing they just kind of yeah. radio in and say yeah, go to right yeah. <laughs> that's cool yeah so no it's a good time so i've seen a lot of the country mm. just yeah. that way yeah through so, truck yeah <laughs> yeah but when i was three um i rode in a tractor for 13 straight hours with mm. my grandpa you Aww. know and my mom came to get me and i'm like i'm not leaving kind of thing <laughs> you know so um yeah but it's so funny what the farming lifestyle like that because I can even remember and we weren't big farmers of like you go out and you're farming with your dad and then the wife brings out the food and you all sit together out in the field and yeah. what <laughs> oh I thought you were laughing because I said the wife brings the food and I've oh. done that so. <laughs> yeah that's what I mean it's yeah. so cool like you isn't it weird that that's just something that means mm -hmm. something like yeah. you remember my it. grandma did mm -hmm. that and like I'm talking like awesome meals yeah field. not just like ham sandwich like it was like meatloaf and potatoes and green right. beans and yeah, like even soapy water to wash your hands. Like, huh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, she's awesome. Yeah, she was. I just think yeah. those memories are cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did Faith look like growing up then? So, especially if you're with your dad, I don't know how long you were in a semi with him. If it was just in the summertime, you know, was it many right. years? But what did Faith look like then growing right. up? So, um, we went to church at uh, East <laughs> Allen County Church Christ, um, uh, and we even went to South Broadway out here. Um, I mean, up until Jordan and I got married, that's where I went. And then we got married and we attended Nazarene Church and then COVID, of course, and had kids. And so then we started watching Life Church online. We watched for two One years. One and a half, two years. Yeah, now. online. <laughs> and then finally, last, last January, it was just like, we just need to go. To Life yeah. Church, and yeah, like we went and we're like, yeah, we, that's where we're going. Yeah. So, so was it always by the like, was it always a really important part, or were you always like? Oh yeah, I mean, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, we went to church. No, I uh, meant for like, you personally, like not just going. Was oh. it a, like, hey, I want to pick a wife someday that faith is going to be an important. Part. Right. Yeah. It, for yeah, sure. Good. For sure. Yeah. Um. I would have to echo that um, just to go so I don't forget your question. Yeah. Um, I think growing up, it was very much like um, going to church slightly determined where you ended up. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was like something that was taught to me in church or if that was just because my rule following mentality that mm -hmm. I had growing up. I don't know. Um, and so I went all the time. Um and, but it was very 
important to me and a big part of my life. I like we started out and I went to Church of Christ um, in Markle. And um, then we switched to the Nazarene Church, and I went there for years, um, until we um, until we switched to here. But um, yeah, it was always a very big part of like who I was. Um, people always knew that I had Jesus. I followed Jesus. I was yeah. I was considered the goody two shoes just because mm-hmm. I. I didn't like to cuss. I didn't like to do any of those things. And um, people wouldn't invite me to things just because mm. they knew mm. I would say no because she follows Jesus. Mm. Um, and it, I would say Jesus saved me a lot. I struggled with a lot of anxiety. Mm. I had depression um, and just various things growing up. Um, and so Jesus has always just been a very God um, has been very big mm-hmm. in my life. And then just it changes then when you're married mm-hmm. and like you want to grow. And I've even seen like, since we've came here, such a shift in him mm. listening to you, listening to Taylor, like, and that makes me grow more too. Mm. So, um, obviously, yeah. I mean, I was rough around the edges sometimes, you yeah. know, growing up. But, I mean, yeah. what teenage boy isn't? I mean, we started it off with a bang with the podcast. You know? <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, Literally. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, Jesus definitely was always in your mind and right you know, in your heart. So. Right. But I do think that, and again, I don't know from a, like, where you're at spiritually, where you were at, but I do think it's cool that, you know, like when you're sharing as you're growing, you know, that that helps you grow, that it goes back to that whole idea. Like it is really important for the man to step up mm-hmm. and grow and not just be passive in like, yeah, we're going to go to church, like, or we're just going to attend, but no, I'm going to grow. I'm going to lead. I'm going to. And I've learned a lot of, of that or whatever you want to say from you, like, of what that looks like or what that should look like. Yeah, and I just think that's cool because it it doesn't just affect you. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the big thing. I think the thing that people miss sometimes, it's not just a personal journey, especially for a man in a marriage or even what it's Mm -hmm. gonna be for your kids someday. To see dad take interest, to learn to grow in his faith, to learn to be the leader of the family, like I think that's a, yeah, I think that's undersold Mm -hmm. of how important that is Mm -hmm. in a marriage. For sure you know, for yeah. people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So who was the most like influential person in that journey for you? Uh, my grandpa, hundred mm. mm. percent. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was an elder of the church. He, you know, read his Bible every morning. I mean, just, and we were together every day. So just the way he carried himself. Yeah. So by know, example. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. yeah. You Jordan. I don't know that there was one specific person. I would think I, I would say that it was just different stages of my life. God put specific people in my Mm -hmm. life for that time Mm. or for that struggle um, or put a specific friend in there in in my stage of life for that specific time. You know, Um, it just has grown. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's one specific person. Mm -hmm. Do you see like your age group of people around, not even necessarily close to you, but the people that you know that are your age and married is... Is faith really important to them? I mean, do you see in your generation where it is 
like important for the man to step up and lead, important for a family to be in church, important for those things to happen. Because it just seems like that keeps declining. Right. I think our generation thinks it's the woman's job a lot of the time to do, you know, be the leader, mm -hmm. you know, do this, do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I think. I personally believe that um, our generation is going through a huge deconstructing faith. Hmm. Um, a lot of people probably grew up like us or like they're just seeing life differently. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've just noticed a ton of people. They just completely mm -hmm. deconstruct the evangelical side of yeah. faith and or like whatever faith they grew up with or maybe they didn't have a faith, but they still are very like anti. Um, but even if they did have it, it just is very like I'm very all about themselves still like mm -hmm. a very self-centered lifestyle. Yeah. So are there mm -hmm. things in society, in church, because this is something that I've been praying about for a lot of years. In fact, I mean, we're still thinking about it as a church is the, the that your generation and younger, I mean, is in decline when it comes to being a vital part of faith, mm -hmm. right? And not even, not even vital, like not even going to church and not even, you know, a part of that. And so, you know, we're getting to that point where you're one generation away mm -hmm. from extinction, you know, and so I'm always processing what are some of those societal things that are deconstructing faith? What's happening in the church? Like, that's the other part of it is, is that what's happening inside of the church that young people aren't being challenged or young people aren't being like... In your opinion, like, what are some of those things that are deconstructing, or what are some of those things that aren't happening in the church that aren't, or maybe it's none of that? Like, just what are your thoughts? I think it's like mixture of things. Like, there's church hurt, or like mm. people. Um, a lot of people look at people that go to to church and think that they're very two faced. You know, like mm. they don't see our church. Like our church is very unique in its way and not that's what, like our church is good, but I'm just saying like a lot of churches don't operate like this, mm. very, um, corporation mm. operated and people don't like that anymore. Um, people, is that where the hurt comes from? Yes. Where does church hurt come from? I think so. I think it comes from that. I think it comes from various things. There's mm. Rude grandma, rude grandpa. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I, mean? like it, I, don't know. I think it varies. I think it, <clears throat> yeah. sometimes it's the pastor, like there's something wrong. So, uh, there's infidelity. Sometimes there's like uh, uh, issues with sexual abuse, you know, like things mm. happen, mm. but it's just like what happens is it gets brushed under the rug and then people just are like, I can't believe that's a church. Mm -hmm. Like... And they just act like there's nothing wrong with those people or mm. it's like a very, you go to church, so you're stuck up. And it's like, that's not what church is about. You know, right. like people just lose the focus. And so mm -hmm. they, it's, you get the church hurt from the person. You don't mm -hmm. get church hurt from Jesus, right. but people blur the lines and think mm -hmm. it's all the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd agree. What about things in society mm -hmm. that are deconstructing faith? Oh, I mean, there's just so many people on social media yeah. that social are... Media. So that's where it's happening. Yeah. Like, people right. are just deconstructing because of what they're seeing, what yeah. they're viewing. I think so, yeah. So many yeah. people who know it all and have all the information and then 
we just were a generation of soaking up the social media. And so we just take it and run with it. And that's what's, that's what's golden. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like you don't even know what's true or not on social Mm -hmm. media. It seems like. Yeah. So you're going to be a perfect specimen now for my whole, (laughs) no, think about this because this is what Nick and I talk about all the time. So social media can be bad. Yeah. Social media can be good, right? Yeah. Because obviously you're using your social media platform to move things in the right direction, right? Or to help people move things in the right direction. Yeah, I try to, yeah. Right. So what's going to be the line for your kids growing up? Are they going to have social mm-hmm. media? What should be the line for people? Because that's the because this is the dilemma, right? So where is that... Do we just trust that they're going to find the right people? Do we just trust that if people are going to get on there, that social media isn't going to influence them in the wrong way? Because, again, if you think about what Nick has put together from an online platform or what, you know, the construct of what social media can be used for, we have seen Mm -hmm. lots of people because they watched online, lots Mm. of people because they scrolled through on Facebook, lots of people because they got a clip on TikTok or lots of people. So there are things that you can say in people's story. Like this is a part of their story. I started watching online. I mm-hmm. saw this on social media. Yeah. And because of those things, I came to church, met Christ or furthered my walk with Christ or I'm further along in my walk with Christ and things are great. And then you hear these horror stories of I was on social media and I'm addicted to social media and I can't get off. So what is your thoughts What's the balance and how does that work? Yeah, I, I hope they never have social media. I didn't have Facebook until what? And then we just share an account. Yeah. Like, and I don't post anything. And I'm like so close to wanting to delete Facebook. Okay. I didn't, just all the negativity. So, like, you're, like, so you're saying regardless mm-hmm. if the platform can have influence or not, you're like done with it? Personally, yes. Okay. I guess this is something we've actually talked about before. Um, And it is kind of important. I just, I'm also a person like, I'm not there yet, so I'm not going to think about it. Sure. (laughs) Um, But it does need to be talked about because it is important. And you don't want your children to just all of a sudden be exposed to it and then insist that they need it. Um, Like my son already thinks he needs to be playing Xbox and he's Mm. four years old. You Mm. know what I mean? So it is something. Farm Simulator. (laughs) No, hey, listen. Uh, (laughs) Ethan has Farm Simulator. Right? Right? Right. So I would say like like high school or maybe later because it's very important. Like, not important. It's very influential. Like, little girl's health is declining because of that. Like people look at these perfect lives and I I guess I'll just give you like a instance. There's this person I follow and they had their life together. They show you these pictures, these videos, and Mm -hmm. you just think that they have this wonderful life and then they're getting a divorce. And I was just like, like you wouldn't know that people Mm -hmm. share what they want to share to make their lives wonderful looking. And that messes with people like, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I want my children to be exposed to that because it affects your mental health so bad. Like I've had to be careful myself because of having the platform that I have, like you have to have a balance and you have to be careful or you mm. just get so sucked in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another question for you. So 
younger gen people that don't know Jesus in a younger generation. So they consume most of their information through social media. So yes. if they don't have it, how are we going to reach them? How do we reach? What is that a bad question? No, that's no, a fair, I'm that's just a fair point. To you. I mean, I'm just thinking. I'm just curious because again, yeah. these things have just been running through my head mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Because again, for me personally, the whole social media thing. I can see Nick's point. Like it's the both and, but I can also, I don't care that much about it to get too sucked in, but I can see how it can be the other way. But if we're saying take, because for you, you have an advantage. So you are church going people who are going to raise their kids in church and they can have a platform. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't have to have social media and they can know about Christ or they can see other kids' families or they're going to get an opportunity. What about this generation? Because this isn't just a few kids anymore. So right. now it's a generation of young people that are not exposed to anything. How do we reach them? Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's hard because it, it's going to have to be social media. Like hmm. if they have nothing, they're like, they most likely are already on it. So, but the thing that's difficult is, <laughs> algorithms target people. Mm-hmm. There's specific algorithms that are on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, and they will target these p- children and these people specifically to what they're already interested in. And if they're already interested in bad things, they're mm-hmm. only going to ever see mm-hmm. bad things. So mm-hmm. that's where it's hard. You got to, mm-hmm. I mean, you just got to pray for them. Like, I don't, because yeah. otherwise they're just, because, <laughs> sorry. They can have really good influence on social media if they find those accounts. That right. But you're saying based upon the algorithms, it's going to be hard for them to find them. It can be, yes. Hmm. That's like Interesting. That. Yeah. I'd agree. Okay. Well, we can all be praying together because yeah. it's, a, it's a focus of life church to get this figured out. Because I don't think, I don't think you can do church as normal. Like, I don't think you can just continue to go down the road and just be a better church and reach that generation. I just mm. don't think that's, I think some things have to be blown up and changed and like some real, I mean, you're talking about, I don't know if you said it here, but even earlier, the, the idea of discipleship, like the idea of how discipleship's going to have to change. Yeah. Because today, the way discipleship works is a kid ends up in church. And that kid gets discipled through church or through people. But what about the people that aren't going to end up there? So what are families going to have to do from a discipleship standpoint to go out because they're no longer coming in, you know, and what is that going to look like? Because it's going to take young families, right? I mean, it's going to take young families because you have the influence that the old people don't, right? We don't, we don't have... I don't have kids that are younger or I don't have that platform of people that I'm just going to normally be around. So I just think that's something that's going to be good for us mm-hmm. all to pray about. Cause I mean, we're, as we go back and forth, we, we know social media has a great platform. We yeah. know that people usually, we know that people usually view before they ever come, mm-hmm. you know, and that people <clears throat> usually have a viewing experience before a personal experience. That seems completely weird to me, but that seems to be the norm now. Like, I'm yeah. going to watch before, I'm going to experience before in a safer environment before I ever come from there. So, yeah. anyway, stuff we can be praying or thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Do you have any other questions for them before we... Oh, I mean, I have 
just keep going. I no, I, I just wanted to. So one of the things we wanted to talk about was Matt's dad, mm-hmm. um, and the health situation that he was in, and then kind of the miracle that happened yeah. um, through that. So I guess you just start telling us your story. All right. Um, so my first date is like I think it was like June twelfth. Uh, we got planting done. So twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Sorry. Uh, we got planting done, so it was kind of like, hey, let's go to Tennessee. Uh, most of the time we like to go to like Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area, and he lives real close to there. So we can kind of do a, a double there, go down and see him and kind of have a vacation mm-hmm. both at the same time. Um, this was just, it was strictly vacation this time. Went down, had vacation, saw him, you know, hey, how are you? Hugs, went out to eat kind of thing. Did our vacation, came home. Um, it was a week or two later. Um and I remember this very vividly. I'm standing at Crossroads because we go to Crossroads gas station for lunch like almost every day. Mm-hmm. But, but <laughs> I'm standing there in line, like mm-hmm. getting ready to pay for food and phone rings. And it's my dad. Well, my dad doesn't normally call me. And mm-hmm. when he calls me, like, it, you know, there's a reason for the phone call. And he says, hey, just so you know, I, I went to the doctor. Haven't been feeling well. And haven't been feeling well since Memorial Day. And I'm like, Memorial Day? Like, we were just we there. Were just mm-hmm. there. And you didn't right. say anything mm-hmm. about not feeling well. And so that turned out to be uh, pneumonia. And mm-hmm. gave him antibiotics. And um, that cleared up, but he wasn't feeling great still. Um, like, like super downhill from mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. Um, so, got pneumonia. Um, I want to say, was it, I believe it was in July. You got your dates on your phone? You want to get your phone out? Oh. <laughs> get your cheat sheet out, Matt. Sheet there you out. go. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, you, wow, you prepared you have, it. You have notes. Yes. I do, no. yeah. That's, I'm prepared. Man. That's seriously yeah. impressive. Yeah, see, I was, I was right. See, you're rubbing off on me. He's trying to be organized. <laughs> Middle of July, he still wasn't feeling good, and he started having night sweats really mm. bad, like to the point of like, change your clothes, change your sheets, wow. kind of night sweats, and still couldn't figure it out. Um, my dad's old school, you know, and so like a Meaning. pot of coffee a, a day was like, you know, the oh. norm for him, and one morning he, you know, drank his coffee like normal, and he switched and he was working construction now and got to the job site and just like unloaded all his coffee like just puked it all up Hmm. like that's a red flag right Hmm. you know um so then um oh yeah still middle of july he uh started to get a a knot right here on his chin and he's like you know it's not going away it doesn't hurt you know but it's not going away so ended up he went to ent and they wanted to do a biopsy. All right, you know, see if it is cancer or whatever. Well, they didn't take enough at that time, and it came back, you know, nothing's wrong, don't mm-hmm. even know what it is kind of thing. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, then we went back to Tennessee August the 9th, right? And um, he came over to our cabin this time, and you could just tell, like, he just didn't feel good, and he didn't look great, and it looked like he was starting to lose weight, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
um, his breathing was like really labored. And like, you know, they would go, she would take the kids and put them to nap and we would just sit on the couch and talk. Well, he ended up falling asleep and like you could just see his breathing. You're like, oh my goodness, like hmm. this, this is awful. Um, so at that time, he weighed around 150 pounds. Like, that's just what he weighed. I mean, he's hmm. not a huge guy. Um, so yeah, he weighed 150 pounds at that time. Um, we went back home. Um, from that vacation and he had another no excuse me mid-august he went to the lung doctor because he couldn't breathe very well um they drained a liter of fluid from your lungs around your lungs Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it was in or Mm -hmm. around um a liter of fluid drained it off he felt a lot better could breathe but still had the knot and whatever so um he was very adamant about going back to ENT and getting a bigger sample of this knot. And the doctor is like, you know, I don't really want to do this. Like, we can hit a nerve in your face and it'll droop, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of your life. Well, dad's like, I, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take that risk kind of thing. So um, in this time, I mean, do you are you thinking, hey, something's worse? Like, are you encouraging oh, him? Like, or is yeah. he already like, hey, I, I want to go to the doctor? Um, at this point, he was like, yeah, something's wrong. Okay. And he, it was like he knew he had cancer because he's like, just tell me I have cancer. Like, and let's get this going. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. let's just tell me I have cancer and let's figure out how we're going to deal with it kind hmm. of thing. And so then, you know, once he said that, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. this, this might really be cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that, I mean, were you at that point like, oh my gosh, like I could. Uh, yes and no. So he smoked for a long time, like mm-hmm. 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like shocking if he was going to have cancer, you mm-hmm. know, just from the studies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, so it was like. Oh, yeah, you're going to have cancer. Like, you know, it's going to be a no big deal kind of thing. You know uh, what I mean? So like a no big deal cancer. Right. Okay. Whatever that is. <laughs> you know I mean? Just saying, right. like at this point, you're not thinking, like, I could lose my dad. Right, not um, at all. Not no. yet. No. Yeah. No. Like, something serious is wrong, but I, I don't think we're going to lose him hmm. at this yeah. point. Hmm. Um, so he came up for NHRA. Labor Day weekend. Yep. Went down, watched the drag races. We never went there before, but at this time, enough had happened. He lost enough weight. You know, we saw enough decline. It was like, we should probably do something. Like, I'm sure that's not somebody's first, hey, let's go to NHRA if this is going to be our last hurrah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But that's what we did. We never went. So my brother and I and my dad, we went down. And, of course, you know, you have to park kind of far away and right. walk to your seats and whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time we got to our seats, I mean, he was, he was really out of breath and really labored. Um, so we got up to our seats, sat down, watched the, what do I want to call them, the smaller hot rods, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, before you get to the top fuel dragsters and right. stuff. Yeah, pro stock. And, yeah, so I don't know if you've ever been, but like mm-hmm. you, you, you feel that. Oh in yeah, your chest, no, it's right? the, when the top fuel runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's vi- awesome. Vibrates right yeah. through you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's all good and well for me, 
And then I look over and he's like, oh, this, I don't know if I can do this. Mm. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't even, you know, didn't even think of that mm. kind of thing. Like, because the fumes of the nitro is, is bad too. Well, yeah, the you fumes, know, but it was, it. it was more because he was already having uh, lung chest issues, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And just feeling that. Um, but, you know, he toughed it out. We didn't stay all day, but we stayed till five o'clock. So we mm. saw several run. But when it got too bad, we just kind of like got out of the stands kind of thing yeah. and it went back up. And, um, you know, we we went there, saw what we wanted to, you know, it was mm -hmm. a good time. And we we came back home. Uh, he was staying with us at our house. And again, um, he was just really out of breath and losing weight and just really bony at this point, like mm -hmm. lost that much weight. Um, and I didn't realize that she did. When he went to say goodbye, he got pretty teary-eyed, I mm. guess. Hmm. And it was like, and man, he doesn't cry ever. Doesn't cry. And I was just yeah. like, he's really sick for he's him really to get sick, really upset like that. And he knows that. that something really bad's happening, right? So, um, got the he went back home, got the the bigger biopsy, tested it, was cancer. But whether they didn't tell him or they didn't know what kind of cancer it was at that point, just you have cancer. Okay, awesome, we, mm -hmm. we got our answer, you know, mm -hmm. like got cancer, okay? So what are we gonna do to treat this kind of thing? So on September the 25th, he had a cancer doctor appointment. So we went back to Tennessee for the third time and met with this cancer doctor um, and he wasn't really supposed to have, they initially set it up for October the 2nd. And he actually got ahead of myself. He actually went back to the lung doctor the second time and they drained another liter of fluid off. Um, they, he also got his first CT scan done and the lung doctor saw that and it just, it was just lit up. Mm. Like, cancer all mm. over his body mm. and his lung doctor actually called the cancer doctor and was like look like mm. he's not gonna wait till the second like you got to get him in mm. it was a week sooner but I mean yeah, yeah for sure it was a week mm -hmm. um, so September the 25th Monday we went saw the cancer doctor he weighed in at 128 pounds oh my gosh <clears throat> and uh, so her name is dr. Wheeler and uh, she was very compassionate, but very straight to the point and blunt. Mm. She says, you have double hit non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. We're like, okay, what is this? Best I can tell you, it has to do with your DNA. Mm. And when your DNA breaks, I guess this kind of cancer can spread like crazy. Mm. And that's what it was. She <clears throat> explained to us, it's like a car going down the road, one mile an hour or 100 miles an hour. And he was 100 miles an hour. Mm. And it has, I personally think he had cancer right when the knot started. Mm. You know, so we're talking like mid-July. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it's that fast growing, like, right. wasted a lot of time. Mm. Um, so double hit non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is only 5% of, a, it's a B-cell lymphoma so that is only five percent like that you get this kind of cancer and the survival rate is 20 to 30 percent hmm. so very um very good appointment but very 
oh crap, what point is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've wasted all this time. He really doesn't feel good. He can't work, hmm. you know, cause he just, he has no energy. Everything hurts. Um, yeah, it was just, it was bad. Right. And uh, so we get done at the doctor appointment and it's Monday and I'm like, we're getting ready to start harvest Tuesday. I'm like, I, I gotta go home. Like, I wanna stay here. My family needs to go home. We don't have enough clothes. Keegan's in school. Like, we got to go home. Right. I mean, he understood that. Um, but it, that was hard. Mm. That was hard. Yeah. Because like he's by himself down there? Yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we're just standing in the parking lot hugging and crying. Mm. You know, like, we never had that before. Mm. You know? So it was weird and good at the same time. Mm. And it just made it really hard. To come home, mm-hmm. and then all harvest, knowing it, I'm exhausted. Of course, it's harvest time, but knowing in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. he's down there fighting cancer essentially by himself. Mm. Like, ugh, you yeah. know, like it was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not yeah. to interrupt you, but yeah. does, so does he have a church family, mm-hmm. people that surround him? No, commu- okay, no. So, I'm gonna say. His early, like, teenage years, they went to church. Yeah. But other than that, um, I, I'm going to say it, God or faith wasn't probably number one. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, now, after all this, uh, it's 100% number one. Yeah, for sure. But you know what I mean. Like, right. at those points, right. there's, a, there's an emptiness, and then there's a real right. emptiness. Yep. When, yep. Yeah. Yep. So before we even left, um, the hotel, he called, said, hey, they're getting me in 8 mm-hmm. o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, crap, like, this is definitely serious, yeah. and they they know how serious it is. Um, so did all the fun things, the bone marrow, the lumbar punctures. He didn't do the ports the first round. Um, so, you know, labs, all that fun stuff. Um, started, he was on his second bag, and his heart rate went to 30, mm. just went to 30. And they're like, oh, shoot, you know? So they, they stopped chemo and called the, I'm gonna, I think it was the on-call heart doctor mm-hmm. for the hospital, called him up, and they're like, hey, we need to start or stop this heart medicine that he's on. Well, it went so low, and then it got so irregular that they had to shock his heart back mm-hmm. in mm. to rhythm. So they, they just stopped chemo for 24 hours. His heart rate came back up to, I guess, a safe or normal level. Mm. Started chemo again, finished that first round just, just fine, essentially. Right. Um, and then got home, and the mouth sores happened. Mm. Like, can't eat anything, you know, hard to even swallow kind of yeah. thing. So he's eating pudding, and by now he's weighing... 120 pounds, mm-hmm. 115 pounds, you right. know. Um, so just just awful. So he was home two, three days, and the mouth sores were so bad he couldn't eat, you know, just, just hurt. Mm-hmm. So he went back to the hospital, <clears throat> and they kept him there for, for two weeks. They kept him until his next treatment. So then he was essentially gone like two and a half weeks from home. Mm. Um, the doctor admitted that 
she didn't know how he lived past October. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dr. Wheeler's like, I, I'm surprised he made it past October. Mm -hmm. So what would have happened if he went to that October 2nd? Yeah. You know what I mean? We missed that week. Right. I, who knows? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then he started calling. So all of this is happening, and he started calling the cancer treatment. The cancer treatment is called Red Devil mm. Chemo. He started calling it Jesus's Blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And oh, wow. we just saw such a switch in him finan mm. er, financially in his faith, like he, he was talking about Jesus all the time and he just was never like that before. And yeah. I was like, this is crazy. But all the same time, we're like gearing up, like he's going to pass away. Like hmm. that's how we were, we were mentally and physically preparing. Especially when I was like, his heart rate went to 30. Yeah. Right. Like, geez, he's not even mm -hmm. going to make it out of this first treatment. Yeah. Like, and here I am back at home. So do you think that that like, the trigger, obviously getting sick does some things to you, but so he grew up, it wasn't number one. And then, so just kind of on his own, it's like, I'm going to rekindle yeah. or is there somebody down there? Was it because of you guys of, Hey, like there that, was, there like, was one person that prayed with him, but I think it was just a cumulative of like, I'm alone, like hmm. I'm dying, like, and people are starting to pray for me and people care for me. And, hmm. um, I think. I mean, I, we never actually heard straight from him what it was that changed, but oh, yeah. you just see such a shift in him so yeah. much. So it's his boss's wife. Her name is Robin. Mm -hmm. So she took him to all the appointments. Mm -hmm. Right. She was awesome. Mm -hmm. She's a real estate agent in Tennessee. Um, so kind of a flexible schedule, but, yeah. you know, still have things to do. And I think, I think she had mm -hmm. a come to Jesus kind of thing with my dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the hospital. Yeah. And I think it flipped the switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the, I think that's a fear for a lot of people is, is that, so when somebody gets sick and you don't really know where they're at with their faith, I think there's always this fear to just have the come to Jesus talk. Like, right. hey, yeah. you don't know. Right. I mean, Gonna come, it might turn out good, mm -hmm. might not turn out good, but mm -hmm. have you thought about this? Like, right. I think yeah. sometimes that's a hard and for I people envision to do. that's how that conversation went. Like, yeah. hey, you know Jesus, right? Because this this could go sideways real fast. Yeah, and I think this that's just a perfect example of like sometimes I think we have to have those hard conversations of just like, where are you? Right. Like, just tell me where you're at. And those are the times where people are most open, mm -hmm. you know, in those times where you're like broken and Right. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, his second treatment, he went in, they put the port in, you know, lumbar puncture, you know, mm -hmm. all the things again. Um, one thing Dr. Wheeler said in the office, we'll do another CT scan after round three, see where we're at with the chemo and, you know, the cancer and all that. So, you know, you go, well, hopefully this chemo works. You know, I expect a result of, hey, Tumors are shrinking, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. everything's good. So Jordan's birthday is December 2nd. So December the 6th, we are sitting at Texas Roadhouse. And, you know, was focused on her birthday, you know, knew that he was having the scan, didn't know when. Mm -hmm. Again, phone rings, it's him, like, got to answer it, you know. Mm -hmm. and he says, my cancer's gone. I'm like... Dude, it's loud in Texas right now. Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean your cancer's gone? And he's mm. like, there, there is no cancer. Hmm. And I'm like, 
So you're saying, like, so many thoughts went through my mind at that time. Like, right. like how is this possible? Like, did they get the wrong test result? You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did they scan the wrong person? Like, right. what, what happened mm-hmm. here? And, uh, yeah, it was just my cancer's gone. And it was just like you could sense the relief hmm. in him. You know, like, my cancer's gone. Like, that, that's awesome. That, that's great. That's what we all wanted. Right. Like, but... But how do you explain that? Right. I, I 100% think that was God. Right. Like, I, yes, I mean, God gave chemo, right? But I, I think his hands were 100% on that situation. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, like, prayer works. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many people were praying for him, but a lot of people were praying for him. Right. And you go, wow, like... Kind of like a, oh my, like that, that even woke me up. Like mm. prayer does work. <laughs> like, yeah. And so what is, so explain how did it affect his faith? So talk a little bit about that. And then the other part of it is, is always, how does it affect those who are praying? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's you guys or the people around you. So, well, I, I know he, my mom went down even though they're divorced. She took my, my brother down and they went down and, um, from what I understand, he asked for a Bible. Like, wow. I, I want a Bible. Hmm. And so we got him a Bible, and I'm pretty sure he reads it daily. Yeah. You know? yeah that's um, awesome. Yeah. I think for us, it was just really like, it took us a while. We were in so much shock of like, because we were we were so prepared to get, like I was mentally prepared to get the call on a daily mm. basis because mm. of how sick he was. And it was like really messing with my mental health because I was just like, like he's dying and mm-hmm. I, I just have, I have to prepare myself because I have to prepare my children. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're going to be devastated by this. And so I was just holding on to all of that. And I was just like, you hear about, you hear about miracles, but when they affect you, like you personally, hmm. you're just like, what just happened? And, um, I had many conversations with God about it. And I like, God told me he was dying. And so I was like, I know he's dying. Like Mm. we were on the same page. We knew he was dying. And, um, I believe that God gives people second chances. And Mm. there was like a Holy spirit moment with him. And it was even a conversation that I had with Erica and Taylor of like, we need to pray for the intervention of the Holy spirit. And so we just all prayed together. And I believe that it was like, he had to choose. And if it, it was almost like God testing him. Like, mm. I don't know, maybe mm. it was, maybe it wasn't, but this is how it feels to me of like, he had to choose, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to give you, God was like, this is mm. your second chance. And if he wouldn't, would it, would it be done? I have, I have no idea, but it was just like, you just look back and you're just like, only God, mm. only God. Right. I remember one of the trips before mm. we went, was it before the cancer yeah. We were at Taylor and Erica's house and we were getting ready to leave. And oh, yes. He was like, Can I pray? I'm like, Absolutely. Mm. So we stood in this kitchen, like just in a circle, and he mm. prayed. Yeah. And it was just like, Bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so awesome. Um, so, so thankful for their friendship. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing that sometimes we forget is. Prayer can change things, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I think that 
there have been enough people that have been discouraged in prayer. Yeah. You know, because you have prayed mm -hmm. for it and it per se didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah. And so I think we forget, but prayer does change things, you know, mm -hmm. and there are there is evidence of when God's people come together, when they come together and fast and pray, when these that that God alters things that only would be altered. I mean, that's what he says. Like these things happen because you prayed. And yeah, I right. think that's just a, I think it's that back to what, what's one thing that needs to happen to reach the younger mm -hmm. generation. Like we should be on our knees praying that God alters mm -hmm. things yeah. because that's the other, that's the missing link too, is, is that God's going to have to really intervene in amazing ways sure. to alter the course of where, so many people are going. So I think it's such a great testimony to like, even though it seems defeated and dark and preparing ourselves for the worst that God can through the power of prayer, change things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So he did, they still wanted to do the last three treatments hmm. to do six total treatments. Um, so they did that and Tennessee got a three inch snowstorm. So they had to cancel or reschedule his last, uh, chemo treatments, and so on January 26th, he rang the cancer-free bell. Wow, mm. that's and awesome. Today mm -hmm. is his first day driving dump truck. Mm. Oh, really? So he's back and <laughs> he's healthy. Back. And yeah. That's well, I, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of strength, mm -hmm. but, I mean, mm -hmm. this is this is going to be a start of getting out of the house, starting to move the body. You right. Know, mm -hmm. he, yeah. It's going to take a while to get his strength back. Right. You know, like, I mean... He weighed 108 pounds at his lowest. Mm. Mm. And yeah, right that's... now, I just talked to him last night, and he says, well, I have all my clothes on, and I weigh 118 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, but when he got done with his mm -hmm. chemo, he was just so swelled up. He's like, I weighed 143 pounds. Oh, oh really? Gosh. From the chemo? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And wow. the steroids, everything just had him so swelled up. But yeah. now all that's mm -hmm. out, and he's back down right. there. But yeah. But he's like, I, I eat like a horse. I'm like, you're going to have to keep eating like a horse because you, yeah, you need to bulk back up. Yeah, so, that's yeah. such a cool testimony. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just like you pray so much and then that happens and you go, like, how do we respond? Right. Like, what, what is the proper way to respond? I, I don't know. Meaning to the miracle? Yeah. Hmm. How did you respond? I think I'm still like in shock over it. Are you still leery? Are you thinking, well, maybe it really wasn't? I know he's gonna watch this, but I'm afraid it's gonna come back. Hmm. I hope not. But yeah, there's still that in the back of my mm -hmm. mind that this is this might not be over. Right. I want it to be over. Sorry, Dad. Like, you know, I yeah. want this to be over. Right. But as aggressive as it is, mm -hmm. I, <clears throat> they're going to check him regularly. They mm -hmm. said every three months, or if you don't feel well, like, mm -hmm. at all, come to the doctor's office. Yeah, but so, isn't the reality mm -hmm. this? The reality is, is that not whether it does or doesn't come back. The miracle is the second chance. Mm -hmm. The miracle mm -hmm. is the extra time. The miracle mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. the testimony of your faith. Like... That's a true miracle because death's coming regardless, mm -hmm. whether sure. cancer comes yep. back or 
Natural. dump trucks go off the road or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. death is coming for all of us, but the yeah. testimony that you just gave and the testimony of your father's faith yeah. in whatever amount of time he gets, mm -hmm. you know, whether it does or doesn't, because it doesn't take away from the miracle that happened today, sure. you know? And I think that's for all of us. Again, I think that's where we all think like we want to give credit to God, but then what if it comes back? Cause then it wasn't really God. No, it's, it's, it's God in the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. Not that you I were still, saying right, that, right, but I'm saying right. do people do that? Like oh, it's yeah. hard to just say, right. for this moment, God intervened, and God did, mm -hmm. and we're going to praise him, and we're going to take advantage of the next day, and the yeah. next day, and the next day, and celebrate that he intervened, because it's obvious that's not normal. Right. I mean, that's obvious <laughs> that the way that that works is you don't just get right. clean right. when you're that full of cancer. Right. So... And 20 to 30 percent survival rate. Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean. mean? Like, I mean, it doesn't usually happen like right. that. So we can yeah. give credit right. of four second chances and extra time and opportunity because now there's a testimony and now there's a story. And now, again, how many people from that, again, not how much longer he lives, but how many more people can come to Christ because of his story sure. and because of your faith and because of the story of, that you guys are going to give. Like, I think that's the, that's mm -hmm. even a bigger miracle yeah. of like how many people are going to be impacted, how many mm -hmm. people are going to be changed, how many people are going to be in the kingdom of heaven because of one miracle right. yeah. of the things that sure. he did. So yeah. one yeah. proven thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. All right. So we're at the end, yep. if you can believe an hour awesome. so far. So uh, any words mm -hmm. of wisdom that you would give from to young married couples, young adults, or just couples in general, whether it comes to walking your faith, uh, living out your faith, like any wisdom that you would give to anybody watching or listening? Um, I think prayer is always super important. And then um, don't give up in prayer mm. um, because it can feel like you're not heard sometimes. But mm. as we know just from the story, like it's possible. Um, and then the biggest other, other thing I would say is find you people who can support you in your faith mm. and will lead you closer to God. Um, because if you mm -hmm. don't have that, um, it's isolating and it can pull you backwards. Mm. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. I want to say, like, don't force things. Like, mm. if it doesn't feel right, don't force it to make it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, so, again, thanks for taking time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing a part of your life and your story which service you guys come to? First. Okay. So if you're first service people, make sure you come up, say hi. I don't know where you sit. That's odd because I usually know where kind of everybody. Uh, are you a move around type people? Uh, not really. It's the center, center, middle, center, middle, more, towards the more, back, more towards the far side. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, come up and say hi, get to know them, you know, a great young couple. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening, go onto our YouTube, make sure that you watch. It's a great way to get to know people. Cause again, the church is big enough. It's hard sure. to get to know yep. people sometimes. And if you're at different services, it's like two different churches, you mm -hmm. know, uh, on that. And again, we just want to keep encouraging you guys and in, in your faith and your journey. And we're just so thankful that you could come on and be a part of this. So 
once this comes out, make sure you like, comment, share. Uh, that gives us an opportunity to be able to get it out uh, to other people on their timelines. And again, make sure that you come up and say hi uh, if you get to see them in the service, uh, whether it's first service or in between services. Since I run over, the second service is always seeing the first service, you yeah. know, inside. It's a good of thing. Sure. So, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's so crowded out there. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. So thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.